Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. to bless you, he first of all looks within your circle. Do you know that? He looks within your circle. I thought us that some time ago. He looks within your circle. Within your circle. Um, who is around him? Who is around him? He looks within your circle. When the woman um, was told to go and bring um, a jar, I said, go and borrow a jar not a few. Why? Because God is about to bless you. If yesterday she fought with Mama Nkechi and Mama Nkechi has five jars, will she go to Mama Nkechi? No. She will go to the people she has good relationship with. So, And the number of good people she has within her circle equals the number of jars she would get for the blessing. So when you keep fighting with people and keep quarreling with everybody, you, I will give you a piece of my mind. Someone trying to say, hey, no, 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 don't talk. Your own is coming next week. Don't worry, wait for me. I mean, and then, so when God now decides to bless you, you're not looking for, nobody knows my soul. They won't know it all. They will not know it. And you're looking around and saying that, ah, nobody cares for me. I'm alone in this world. I'm so lonely. You made yourself lonely. Alright? Make friends. But that's not where I'm going today. So we'll start that concept, leave the 99. Last Sunday we established the... How many of you were blessed by the teaching last Sunday? Awesome. Awesome. We established the foundation on intentional living. A daily walk in victory. And we established the foundation that faith is intentional. Faith is deliberate. And that if the Bible says that the just shall live by faith, then the just has to be deliberate. And if faith is how we live daily and faith is victory, then we should never have a bad day. If we are the just and we live by faith, we live by faith every day. And then and we understand from scripture that faith is victory. It means that every day we should have victory. And then it means that when we have victory every day, it means that we shouldn't have a bad day. Right, because it is by faith the victory is sure regardless of how the day turns out once we affirm and confirm that it is by faith that we do the things that we do and that faith is victory then it means that we should not have a bad day regardless of how the day turns out so my saying that I've never had a bad day shouldn't be because, oh, I didn't have a flat tire or as I was going, something happened to me and all that. No, no, no. However the day turns out, I shouldn't have a bad day. So we established the fact that God has desire, God desires to bring us into a consciousness of life and living where we are deliberate about life. And then we move in the direction that we ought to go to, not the direction that life is pushing us to. Because life pushes you in one direction, whether you like it or not. 
Life decides for you, tells you that this is the way I think you should go and suggests to you. But then you have to decide that this is the way I should go and that decision has to come by faith. It has to come by faith. So if life is telling you to go in this direction of, 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 uh, of sickness and you're feeling the symptoms in your body, that's one direction. You can actually say, because it is there, because I'm feeling the symptoms, I should go in that direction. It's, it's logical for people to think like that. Okay? But I can as well say that though I'm feeling like this, I should go in another direction of health and wholeness. Okay? Life is pushing me this way. And it's not, you, you can have the argument and say, well, it's not my fault. Maybe I'm feeling headache. It's not my fault now. Should I not say that I'm feeling headache? I'm feeling the headache now. Ah, can't you see my body is paining me? It's there now. It's okay. So you can choose to stay there and you are deliberate about it. Or you can choose to move to another angle and say, though I'm feeling like this, I stand on this direction. So it's deliberate. It's living intentionally. You don't allow things just, um, that's how it happened, that's how it happened. I mean, do you wake up in the morning and then you sit down and someone gives you a call and say, oh boy, Alpha, where would they go? I don't know. Follow more, go Abuja. And then you're like, oh, why not? And then as you're going, someone else calls you, another of your pal, and say, ah, guy, what's the way you did? Ah, I'm on my way to Abuja. Eh, hey, show, 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 show. Now, you know good, it happened. Eh, hey, all right, guy, we're going to see now. Make a go and go. You don't do that to your life. You have a direction, deliberate about it. Or you plan to go to work at 8 a.m. And on your way to work, somebody calls you that, ah, do you know what just happened? Um, they just changed Premier League yesterday night. As we are speaking now, Chelsea is playing. Say, hey, hey, okay, make show for, for. No, you don't do that. You go to work. You are deliberate about it. So the fact that something happened that looks like, ah, it's a good thing or looks like a, 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 a path to follow doesn't mean you should go that way. You should be deliberate about life deliberate about it. You're deliberate. And then we talked about the life is bigger than you. That you need to have a bird's eye view of life. Have a bigger perspective of life. And that the factors that determine how things happen are not just single elements. So you don't look at your life that something happened to me so because this one thing happened to me you stay there. And then anytime people talk to you or ask you about it you say, oh you don't know what happened to me in 1963. This is 2019. 2019. Oh, but what happened? Ah, I, my, I put my shoe outside. They stole it. God, it has passed now. No, you don't understand. It pained me. So what? No, you don't understand. I bought that shoe 10,000. So what? No, no, no. You don't understand. It was the limited edition. So what? This is 2019. So sometimes we're stuck with that thing. That one event happened to us and then our whole life it's finished. Have you heard people talk like that before? Hey, my own not finished. Hey, my own not finished. What happened? 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 Ah, I didn't make jam. That is why your own has finished. I mean, come on. So one single event should not determine your entire life. It's just one event. So we don't focus on the battle. We'll focus on the war. You may lose the battle, but look, the war is bigger. It's not the one that loses the battle or that wins the battle 
that wins the entire war. No, you might just win one district. Americans learned lesson from that in Donald Trump. They learned a big lesson. So today I want us to continue in that. And I have just one question the Spirit of God put in my heart. That a lot of people ask when they are trying to get victory every day. Just one question. Why me? That's, those are the things, that's, that question limits us a lot. When we're trying to get victory, we ask, and things happen to us, we ask, why me? Have you ever asked yourself, why me? Why are the things that are happening, happening to me? Why me? Turn to your neighbor and ask, why me? For you to be intentional about life and the way God wants, we need to attempt to answer that question. Why me? Why me? Why me? Why am I the one that have this experience and that experience? Why am I the one that had to go through this? Why am I the one? Why? Why me? Why me? Turn to another person and say, guy, why me? If it's a babe, say babe, why me? No, ask God, you need to ask. Say, why me? Because our everyday victory is threatened by that question. And the moment you are able to answer that question and know why it is you and not me, and know why the things that are happening to me are happening to me and not you, you realize that whatever happens to you, you are victorious. And that it has nothing to do with you at all. And it has nothing to do with your village people. It has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with them. When you ask that question, why me, is this. One, so that you can grow. Why me? Anytime you ask the question, why me? Remember pastor said, so that I can grow. Why am I the one that this thing happened to? Just at the back of your mind, just say, so that I can grow. Ephesians 4 from verse 11. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the corning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. So God has given some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry so that all these things will happen so that what? We can grow. Grow into who? Christ. Who is the head? So we're not growing into any other person or any other thing. We're growing into Christ. First Peter chapter 2. From verse 1. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, 
desire the pure milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby. So you lay aside all these things and you desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow. So the things that happen to you, good or bad, so that you will grow. So that you will grow. Something happened to David in 1 Samuel chapter 17 from verse 34. He said, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, that's something that happened to David. He didn't like it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't like the fact that he was keeping his father's sheep and then a lamb came, um, um, a bear came and a lion came and grabbed it. That was something that happened to him that he didn't like. Look at the other verse. 35. He said, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the bed and struck and killed it. I mean, look at that. This was a day where David would have said, oh, this is a bad day. But I didn't allow it to keep me down. Because I know that I have victory. I went after it with the victory that I have. Knowing that in everything I am victorious. I went after it, caught it by the bed, struck it and killed it. I cannot have a bad day. He said, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. By the time the things that happen to you, you take it down, you deal with it, tear it off. There's something in the front. That God will cause that thing you went through to be a strength for you. Because God knows that one day David will stand before Goliath. So him standing before the bear and the lion at the time looked like it was a bad day for him. But he was intentional about his faith and his victory. So what he used tomorrow to face the challenges of tomorrow were the things he went through yesterday. That when it happened to you, you wanted to run. When it happened to you, you wanted to escape. Oh, my own has finished. No, 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 no. Deal with it because tomorrow there will be a Goliath that you will take the experience of this lion and bear and you will deal with. So you don't back away from challenges. You don't back away from setbacks. You don't back away from things. Luck is happening to you. Deal with it because tomorrow something will show up that you will need the strength from dealing with this luck to deal with that thing. Tomorrow something will show up that you will need the wisdom that God gave to you and the testimony of yesterday to deal with what will happen tomorrow. You are deliberate about it. Look at what David said. He said, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He remembered that, hey, yesterday when I went through something that looks like a bad day, I didn't give up. I said to myself that I'm victorious. So I stood up, looked at it in the face and said, you this lack, you this sickness, you this disease, you this thing that is trying to threaten me, you will not. I stand in victory and I, and I overcome you. And God gave me the victory. So this one that I showed up, 
I will have the victory. He cannot have a bad day. He cannot. And what the Saul said, said to David, he said, go and the Lord be with you. Go and the Lord. So you need to grow. The things that happen to you happen so that you can grow. Ask your neighbor again, why me? Answer him so that you can grow. So that I can grow. Answer, answer. Say, say so that I can grow. So that I can grow. Regardless of the thing that happened to you. And then you need to grow because other people's life depends on it. The life of Israel depended on David killing Goliath. But if he had not grown from the bear and the lion, how will he deliver Israel at the time when he was needed? How? How? How will he deliver Israel? If we keep whining about the things that happen to us and we keep dilly-dallying about it. Oh, come and see what happened to me. You don't know what happened. Oh. And then you go, you meet the next person. You don't know what happened to me. Oh. They console you. You go to another person again. Let me tell you what happened to me three years ago. Oh. They console you. you go, Let me tell you what happened to me ten years ago. It's not ten years. You are carrying the ten years up and down. When you ought to have gotten victory, and then you are going about giving everybody victory, 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 telling them the testimony of how God delivered you from the lion and the bear, and say, look, your problem is a small problem. Let me tell you what I went through, and this is how I encountered it. I stood on God's word. I, day and night, I was fasting and praying, and I was declaring that this thing will not happen to me. It won't happen like this. It may have come like this, but it won't end like this. And God gave me the victory. And then the person is strengthened. I say, oh, if God did it for you, then he can do it for me. So you need to grow because other people's life depends on it. Sometimes when, I, when, when people come to me and say, Pastor, look, look at what I'm going through. In my mind, I say, just, 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 just don't, don't, don't you understand that look, this thing is a small thing in the sight of God. I don't care what it looks like. It's a small thing in the sight of God. Grow! So that when you grow, the people connected to you, life can come to them. You grow. Sometimes when people come to Jesus, it looks like if Jesus is insensitive. Say, don't you care that we perish? Say, you don't understand. Grow. Grow. Because sometime is coming when it is not a storm that will be against you, but people will be looking for your life to kill. And if you cannot deal with the storm now, how will you deal with that time when they're looking for your life to kill? He says, grow. So other people's life depend on it. People are watching you, are looking at you and seeing how you are becoming like Jesus. People no longer read the Bible, they read us. They don't read the Bible anymore. They read you and I. So if we are not full with the word of God and we are not growing, what will they be seeing? Nominal Christians. They don't read the Bible anymore. And it's not their fault. Let me tell you, it's a design. That's how the world is tending towards. No, 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 no. What did the Bible say? It said one will drag this one and say, take us to your God. Who they not have gone to read? No, they don't have the time to read. You are the God that they know. You are the God they know. When the time comes, they will encounter that God. But right now, it's you they know. It's you. It's you. 
It's you. You need to grow. Because what are people's life depend on it? Matthew 5, 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? How shall it? I was talking about that yesterday at the prayer meeting. Those of you that didn't come, we had an awesome two hours of prayer. Powerful. Please help me celebrate Tayo and Faith. Please put your hands together for them. They put it up together. Awesome time. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So grow because other people's life depend on it. I was talking yesterday that salt, you don't go to the supermarket or go to the restaurant and say, oh, can you please give me um, menu number six? Um, it's just salt. Who goes to the restaurant and orders salt? If you've done that before, let me see that. Say, madam, please, what, what, what can we give to you today? It's your birthday. Can you please just give me salt? Give me salt lion. What salt lion? Anything, just salt. They say, okay, what would you have for your, it's a three-course meal. So give me salt lion, salt lepi, and salt lapau. What's that? Salt. And then you take all the salt, and you're taking salt. No. Salt is an additive. You add it to something. So when it says that your life should be seasoned, it means that you should be the one adding. You should be the one adding. So you are the salt of the world. You are the addition that God puts in the world that makes it so if it loses that saltiness, how will it be salty again? No. So when the world around you is not looking, you are the problem. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know now. Just don't say more than that. Say, I know now. He said, then it is good for nothing. Good for nothing. Can I get a message translation of that? It's good for nothing. He said, tell, let me tell you why you are here. Hmm. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. That's why you're here. The seasoning, the jara, the bottom pot, the jara, you are here for that extra one on here. He said, if you lose your saltiness, you, how will people from God, they are testing it from you. How? So if you lose that flavor, how? He says, you've lost your usefulness. So your usefulness in the hand of God is that you are the toppings. You are the salt that makes the food. So when the people around you are eating and they're like, hmm, hmm, what is this? Just say yourself, my salt is useless. Oh, just keep saying that to yourself. If the people around you cannot feel God, that's what the scripture is saying. He said you've lost your usefulness and you end up in the garbage. So that's your usefulness. Look at the next verse. It says you are the light of the world. A city. He said here's another way to put it. You are here to be light. Bringing out the God colors. God flavors, God colors. In the world, God is not a secret to be kept. It's not a secret. So if you are the light of the world, ah, 
will lie. You'll be shining. If you are the light of the world, you, it will not be a secret. It won't be kept. It will be publicized. Look at verse 16. Go to verse 16. It says, Now that I've put you there, on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You prone people to open up with God. This generous father in heaven. So people know God by how much they know you. So their knowledge of God is the knowledge of you. So people are not coming to you and saying, let me know your God. is giving you a sign and giving you a signal. You are not shining the lights. You are not shining the light. He says, King James Version says, let your light so shine. Before who? Before men. Not before God. You're not here to impress God. He knows your in and out. Forget that one. Huh? All that packaging you're doing, Bobo. He knows the details. But let your light shine before men. Don't try to please God or impress him. No. He knows the detail. When they see that they glorify God, they don't glorify you. Can you see? When they see that, when they see that light, who they, they glorify God. God takes the glory because they've seen God in you. They look at you and they see God. And also you need to learn. So the things that happen to you happen again so that you can learn. When you learn, you grow. When you don't learn, you don't grow. Say, ah, the guy has an extra year. Why does he have an extra year? Because the, the faculty felt that he has not learned. Am I correct? Yeah. Say, ah, he's repeating the class. Why is he repeating? Because the teacher felt he has not learned. So when he has learned, he will grow. So when the things are happening to you, keep happening. See, this thing is always happening to me. Ah, it's a sign that, ah, you're not growing. It's a sign that, ah, you've not passed this state. God told them, he said, you've circled this mountain for too long. Because they've not learned their lesson. Matthew 19, 4. And he answered and said to them, have you not read? So there's a part of growing that requires you to do what? Read. Research. Say, have you not read? He came to him and asked him a question. He said, ah, you not read? Check our win. Have you not read? Have you not read? Never let the fear of making a mistake stop you from growing. That, oh, if I do it now, maybe I will make a mistake. Maybe I will succeed. Maybe I will not succeed. Never allow that stop you from growing. Never. When you learn, you grow. When things happen to you, you learn from them. In that learning, you grow. You've made many mistakes in your past, yes. And let me give you a good prophetic word. You will still make some more. There is, is, there's nothing under about it. There's, no, there's nothing. The one that you made before, two years ago, did we know that you made the mistake? No. You will still make many mistakes. You will make more mistakes. So don't be afraid that, oh, I've made mistakes in the past. You know, some people, because of the fear 
of the errors they made in the past. They can't go forward. They cannot. They can't, they can't dream big. They can't attempt big things that God is asking them to do. No. They can't. They say, oh, I did it last time. It didn't work. I did it last time. It didn't work. What will I do? No. You keep going. Don't be afraid. And don't be afraid that, oh, okay, since I'm pastor, I said I'm going to make a mistake in the future. Oh, what kind of mistake will I make? Oh, ah, ah, relax. No, you don't know yet. I don't know. But keep being led of God. Keep being led of God. Jesus was led into the wilderness to do what? Be tempted of the devil. But God knows that there's victory after that. There's victory. He said, he that endures to the end will have a crown of life. Being led of God is intentional. So you're not aiming towards perfection, but you're submitting yourself to the leading of God. And the church of God, and you know, it, it hurts me when I, when, when, when I hear people say that, um, ah, hey, you don't know what the church has done to me. What has the church done to you? Who are you? What have they done to you? They, they don't know. They don't know. They treated me. They, they, hey, oh, hey, hey, and, uh, something happened. Oh, I don't like church again. Church pokes. Church this. Why don't you resign from your job? If it, it's church that you come to once a week. Your job you go to every day. And it's now the church you're putting the blame on. Myopic thinking. You're just looking for an excuse. I hear that a lot. I have people all around that, that, that says that. Even some close friends say, ah, church these days has become something else. Ah, if you know what is happening in churches, I know. It is still the church of the Lord. It is not your church. Yeah, all these church, church people. Ah, that's how they'll be doing hypocrisy. It's okay. It is the church of the Lord. It's the church of the Lord. I mean, you think about it. Your life happens a lot outside. You go to work, you're at home, why didn't you leave your family? I say you're angry. The person you're angry about is a human being like you. Oh, he did something wrong. Ah, I can't believe that boy. And he used to go to church. He used to go to work too. He used to go to work too. So why did you say, ah, that his company is a bad company? Why did you not say it's the church? He goes to work too. He lives in a house with a family. Why did you not say, ah, that his family is a bad family? But you not say, ah, the church. Because he, so should he not be committed in the church? Where else should he be committed? So you can't kick him out. And say, ah, no, 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 no. So you're not part of us. No. No. The church is where we come to be healed. If anybody tells me here that, ah, you don't have something that God wants to heal you from, then you don't belong here. We're all broken and scattered coming to Christ who is the only perfect one. Looking unto Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith. I don't care. When I hear stories of people saying all sorts of things, if you come tomorrow and tell me, ah, Pastor, I think I'm not going to be coming to church again. No. I say, yeah, what happened to you? Say, ah, I just got a news that he said the Pope is a is a is a transgender. I say, eh, sorry, oh, for me, I will still come to church. Oh. It's not your business. They are human beings. We are not following after men. We are following after Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. We come here to follow him. Even me, Kukuma, I am following him. 
I'm following him. I'm not following man. So I'm, I, I cannot be shocked or surprised. Nothing will surprise me. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Why? I'm following Jesus. And as far as I know, Jesus is perfect. As far as I know, he's only perfect human being. He's only perfect being, rather. As far as I know. Imagine, okay, Jesus. If you were, if you were, if you were the bishop at the time, and you were Bishop Jesus, and you knew that Judas was going to betray you, that night he ate with you. Some of us, if we know that Judas was going to betray us, right from the day God gave us that that uh, uh, revelation, would have called him Jude. Jude. God just revealed to me that you are going to betray me tonight. I must not see you in the service this evening. As you are there, just pack your load and go out of the church. Is he your church? But Jesus sat with him and ate. And he said, somebody who is eating with me now will betray me. He still fed him and gave him. It's the church of the Lord. You are not perfect. Jesus is the only perfect person. He's the only perfect person. So nothing that happens should drive you from the presence. That is Satan's strategy. He said, not forgetting the assembly of them together as the manner of some is. Some people say, ah, we have to protect the church. What are you protecting? If Jesus cannot protect you, nobody can. And the Jesus that I know, they brought to us, hey, she was caught in the very act. I was looking at them. Say, you don't understand. What shall we do? We should stone her to death. Say, you don't understand. You're not going to say anything now. We will kill her. We will kill her. And he said, okay. He who is without sin, cast the first stone. Cast the first stone. And Jesus told her, said, go and sin no more. Question. Do you think that was the end of the woman's sin? Nada. He said, go and sin no more. I can guarantee you, she still did some bad things after that. I don't care to know the bad things. It's not my business. Follow Christ. Follow Christ. Follow Christ. The second why me? He said so that God can take glory through your life. That's the second why me. From Genesis to Revelation, we see many instances of, of people and cases God desires to bring glory in everything and all things. John chapter 9. Now as Jesus was passing by from verse 1, he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Who sinned? Given the message translation of that John chapter 9. He said his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents causing him to be born blind. We always look for who is at fault. We are always looking for who is at fault. Who, 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 who is at fault? Go to, go to the other back. He said, Jesus said, you are asking the wrong question. You are looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God so when things happen to you, don't ask, why me? Look for what God can do. 
Look for what God can do. God, this thing has happened to me. I don't like it, but yes, what can you do through this thing? Go on, verse 4. He said, we need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here. Working while the sun shines. Go to Amplified of that, of that scripture. Working while the sun shines. He said, we must walk the works of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is daylight. What he's saying is that, hey, 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 when things happen to you or people around you, walk the works of Jesus. He's saying that you are the light of the world. So when you see darkness, you light shine. When you see something that has no salt, put some salt in it. You are the salt of the earth. Show up. That's what he's asking. Show up. Show up. He said, that's why you are here. He said, let me tell you why you are here. That's why you are here. So that when things happen to you and happen to people around you, mm, the works of Jesus come alive. The works of God come alive. That's what happens. God begins to manifest through you. Work happens. Light happens. Go to, go to, go to verse, verse 5. He said, as long as I'm in the world, I am the world's light. So they came to him. This man is blind. What happened? Maybe he has sinned. Maybe his parents have sinned. He said, none of this matters. But as long as I'm here, I am the light of the world. Man, see. Oh God, you don't know what I've been through today. He said, none of that matters. As long as you are there, you are the light of the world. Show up. So you don't understand. As I was coming today, ah, uh, if you see what I went through, I ran for my dear life. It's okay. You are the light of the world. Show up. You are the salt of the earth. Show up. The things that happen to you on a daily basis. Show up. God has put you there for the work. That is the work. He said, I must work the work while it is day. While it is day, I must do that work right now. So when things like that happen, remember God is telling you, it's time to work. So you come across a, a situation that is unpleasant, it's time to walk. You come across something that doesn't look good, it's time to walk. That's how you have victory every day. You don't need to have a bad day. You need to live intentionally in victory. You are the solution. That's why you are there. God is waiting for us to walk the walk. Let our light shine. Let our light shine. And then the last one is so that you can be a blessing. Why me? So that you can be a blessing. So that you can be a blessing. What's the first one? What's the second one? So that God can take glory through your life. And the third one, so that you can be a blessing. Genesis 1.28 and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over everything that lives that moves on the earth so that you can be a blessing God has never given anyone money God has never given anybody a suit God has never given anybody shoes God has never, never. When God wants to give to you, he gives you spirit. 
Because God is God does not need anything that man created to do anything he wants to do. Jesus Isaiah 11 verse 2 he said the spirit of the lord rests upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and mind the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the lord the spirit rests upon him and through that spirit he can do anything that he wants to do so so that you will be a blessing so that you will be a blessing God did God tell Abraham go to Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 he says now the lord had said to Abraham get out of your country from your family from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Listen, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. So that you can be a blessing. I will do all this so that you can be a blessing. So that I can be manifesting through you. God has never given anybody shoes or houses or money. No, 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 no. So that you can be a blessing. so that you can be a blessing. What the Proverbs 10:22 says. It says, "The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it." So when God blesses you, he blesses you with gifts, he blesses you with ideas, he blesses you with wisdom, he blesses you with skills, with knowledge, things that you can do. When you apply those things, you are being a blessing. And in being that blessing, The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich. So it is an exercise in the gift and grace that God has put in you that makes you rich. That's that's what makes rich. That's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. What has God blessed you with? That's what can make you rich. When you be a blessing. So fast oh you don't understand I don't have anything. No, he has blessed us with all the blessings. And then when you go about blessing people, even if you don't take one naira from them, the Bible says that blessing will make you rich. Even if you offer your services for free, it says that blessing will make you rich. It's not money that makes people rich. It is the blessing which you bless people with that makes you rich. the blessing that god has put on you oh you can sing oh yes and then you're using your gift and your grace to bless people that blessing will make you rich how it will open doors for you we don't know how it will do things for you we don't know but the blessing of the lord makes rich and what they say it adds no sorrow to it there's no sorrow what does it mean by adding no sorrow it means that when you don't use the blessing that god has given to you you begin to feel sorrow but when you use the blessing have you ever done something with a skill and a gift that god has given to you you feel fulfilled nobody has paid you a dime but you feel fulfilled that is it you're using it and it's not adding sorrow but when god has given you something you don't use it for the benefit of humanity you begin to feel sorrowful have you ever gotten money in your hand and you didn't pay your tithe when you finish spending that money you feel sorrowful So what did I use this money for self? The blessing of the Lord makes which it adds no sorrow. No sorrow. Another translation says toiling does not add to it. Toiling does not add to it. So when you're looking for money everywhere, forget it. God has blessed you with something. That thing he has blessed you with makes you rich. Makes you so ask yourself what am I been, what have I been graced with what have I been blessed with I told you
told us the story of the guy who, who was in Paris and then the baby was, was, was dangling from, from the balcony. And then the guy used everything. It was somewhere. So everybody was taking picture and selfie and all those things. He got up, climbed the, 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 the gate, went up the, the three or four story building, kept climbing and climbing till he got there and saved the baby. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. By the end of that week, he has gotten France citizenship. When God has blessed you with something, that's the only thing God needs to make you rich. Your degree is just a support. Your qualifications, your family background is just a support. God don't need all those things to make you rich. The blessing of the Lord is what makes rich. So when you begin to exercise that blessing and be a blessing to people everywhere and all men everywhere, it will make you rich. Say, see thou a man diligent who will stand before kings and not mere men. Those are the things that God considers. Not who I know. Oh, I don't know anybody in government. You don't need to know anybody in government. The blessing of the Lord will make you rich. Stand to your feet, church. That's how you live on victory. You focus. You focus. The focus of your victory should go beyond you. It should go beyond you. Go beyond you. The things that happen to you should be beyond you. Don't look at yourself. Oh, it happened to me. See what I'm going through. Forget yourself. Life is bigger than you. There are people connected to you, connected to your destiny that wants to be strengthened and encouraged by the things that you have gone through. The Bible says Jesus, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. But if you are focused on yourself, you will keep asking, why me, why me, why me, why me? So with this attitude, you live life intentionally every day with victory. You never have a bad day. Satan knows that your address is the wrong place for him to bring anything. Because anything he throws at you, you will take it and turn it, stand on it and climb up. Anything he throws at you, you make a step with it and keep going. The gift, the grace and everything he has put on you is so that you will be a blessing. So I will bless you, Abraham. I will bless you. I will do this. I will do this. He says, so that you will be a blessing. So that people will look at you and say, well, lie. If not for this man, if not for this woman. So that you will be a blessing. Lift your hands to heaven. Grace is released this morning for new strength, new levels, new experiences, new walk with God, new encounters. To walk in dimensions, dimensions that you've not seen before. Lift your hands to heaven. You encounter a God that will bring you into a place of, of prominence, a place of victory. Because you know it's not about you, but about Him. Grace is released on you this morning. Grace is released on you this morning. Grace is released on you. New doors, new opportunities, new experiences begin to happen to you from today. New encounters. Because heaven realizes that it can trust you with the responsibility. Can trust you. And you live every day in victory. Lift your hands to him. Father, we thank you. 
great are you, Lord. We receive your word. We walk in newness from this day. We walk in the revelation of Jesus from this day. We see victory in everything. Victory. Victory. Grace rests upon everyone here. And everyone hearing. Grace rests upon them. And cause them to walk in victory. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.